Welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Capps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, very well, thank you. Although, only two games into cricket season and my back, knees and ankles are slowly giving up the ghost. But I'll put on a brave face, or indeed a brave voice, for the pub this week. Top man. And also, last but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, Tottenham with an impressive point at the weekend. I guess that sets up Thursday night very nicely. Yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly excited for that game on Thursday. Of course, it's like a, a massive, massive um, game, not just because it's a North London derby. It's the first North London derby in front of supporters at the new stadium. But it's a game with huge implications. So um, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. I'm, I'm going to be at the game and, yeah, just really excited to be there. I think, as I said, the atmosphere is going to be amazing. Should be a really great game. And, and just for a neutral perspective as well, I mean, it's almost kind of like a cup final in the Premier League, really, because there's so much to play for. So, um, yeah, really, really excited for that match. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll discuss it on this show. We certainly will. If that's one cup final, we've got the actual cup final to discuss in just a moment. So that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's take a trip to Wembley and the small matter of the FA Cup final, as Liverpool play host to Chelsea. Now, James, the Blues have been off the boil as of late. Can they exact some revenge against the Merseyside men after their Carabao Cup loss in February? I just, I just can't see it. Really can't. Liverpool had their wobble now, and they recovered well from what was a nightmare start at Villa on Tuesday to win there. And I think they'll actually have a 100% record in league and cup from here on in. Chelsea, meanwhile, just haven't been the same team in the last couple of months, and their recent record against the Reds isn't great either. Just two wins in the last dozen meetings, and more bluntly, Liverpool just a far superior team these days. Thomas Tuchel side did well to force extra time in the Carabao Cup final when these two met in February. So punters may be tempted by a bet on the draw, but Liverpool at even money in 90 minutes, I think, is great value. Well, this is it, Jamie, because that was a game that went to penalties. Do you think this encounter will be solved in 90 minutes? And if so, which way do you see it going? Yeah, well, I think I remember last time when we were doing the preview for the Carabao Cup final, I think both me and James actually said it would go to penalties and we kind of felt like it would go all the way. Um, I just think, given the form of the two sides back then, I think it was a fairly even match-up. I think you still uh, still would have given it to Liverpool in terms of form. But if you look at kind of Tuchel's ability in these big matches to kind of get results, of course, we didn't see the Chelsea winning the Champions League final, um, which they did. So kind of in the big moments, they've always seemed to have done well under Tuchel. So that kind of made it a very even match-up. And that's why it felt that one would perhaps go all the way. But I just think this time around... I think Chelsea are in such a bad way at the moment. I just don't see it. And 
you know, otherwise you look at Liverpool, they're, they're a side that are flying at the moment, despite some maybe some slightly difficult performances. But I just think in a cup final, I just think they'll be too good and, you know, they'll be well up for it. Of course, Chelsea, they'll be coming off the back of a, a very tough away match at Leeds tonight. I think that that's going to be a very interesting game and that will be a tough one for, for them to have in their legs on the weekend. So for me, I, I do think that Liverpool will win this inside 90 minutes. I do also think there'll be goals for this one. I think that we've seen that the last couple of matches for both these two sides, you know, their defences have been breached. So, yeah, I, I can see goals, but I do think Liverpool will win it in 90 minutes. So I think a Liverpool win and, and both teams to score at three to one is a, a fairly decent shout. Well, let's go to the topic of goals now. James Mo Salah has been quiet in recent weeks. Could this be the stage for him to find some scoring form? Would opening the scoring be too bold a bet or would you settle for any time on Saturday? Well, his dip in form has played a huge part in throwing my fantasy Premier League aspirations out of the window. And he's not quite playing with that cut and thrust at the moment, is he? I guess the biggest worry is not that he isn't scoring, but rather that he doesn't look like he's going to score either. He doesn't appear to be getting into many great goal-scoring opportunities. And the likes of Sadio Mane, Luis Diaz and even Diego Jota for the time being, at least, look that little more dangerous in front of goal at the minute. And Far as Salah's goals, Marcus concerned here, he's nine to two to open the scoring, and he's six to four to bag any time, which is certainly taken into account his barren run of form. But even still, I wouldn't be in a rush to back either of those. Now, Jamie, by the same token, Romelu Lukaku has blown more cold than hot this season. Although he did score twice against Wolves last weekend, does backing the Belgian any time have any interest for you? Well, as you said, yeah, he got that brace on the weekend, but I'm definitely still not convinced by him. I actually don't think he'll even start on the weekend either. Um, I think Havertz will come back in for him. I think that you know, Havertz, he just seems to become such a crucial player under Tuchel. He's got nine goals in 2022, so he's, he's having a fairly decent year. And he's also, you know, he, he's been a guy who's kind of been integral in some of these big matches for Chelsea. You know, we saw him score the winning goal in the Champions League final. He scored the, the winning goal in the Club World Cup final as well. So... He's a guy who's kind of producing the big moments for Chelsea. So, for me, he's the guy that I'd be looking at for Chelsea in, in kind of the scoring markets. Um, Havertz, any time goal scorers, 13-5. But I, I just think he'll be the guy that I'd look to back for a Chelsea goal scorer. I just think he's a guy who's always stood up for them in the big moments. So, yeah, Kai Havertz, any time goal scorer. James, I asked Jamie whether it's going to need extra time this game. In terms of the first 90 minutes, if you had to pick the first team to score, who is going to strike first blood on Saturday? Uh, I'd probably be looking at Liverpool and probably Sadio Mane in particular. He's got eight goals in his last 12 games. And as I touched on before, he's taken on the scoring mantle pretty well in the absence of Salah. One might even be tempted by a punt on Luis Diaz, who has been really impressive as well. But you just don't want to get stung by the prospect of him being on the bench while Diego Jota plays. Mane's really good value as well for a goal any time, by the way. Better than 2-1 to one at 9-4. to four, So that will probably be bumping up plenty of bet builders this weekend. And Jamie, if you had to pick one player in the cards market, who takes your fancy in terms of a discipline bet? Yeah, I think Fabinho definitely would have been the shout, but it looks as though he won't play a part in this match. I think he picked up a hamstring injury against Villa, so he would have been my number one shout. But I think second after that would be have to be Rudiger um, at 11-5. to five. I mean, he's been booked more than any, any player who will be playing on the pitch on the weekend. He's been booked 11 times in total this season. So a guy who's definitely kind of prone to getting a, a booking. So he would be probably my number one shout. I like the look of Kovacic as well. Uh, he's also at 11 to 5. He's got six yellow cards this season. He was also booked in the Carabao Cup final as well. But there are p potentially question marks over whether he's start. I think Jorginho and, and Kante might come into that midfield. So I think Rudiger would probably be the safer bet here. And as I said, he's already been booked 11 times this season, Rudiger. So uh, I think, he, as I said, he'd be my number one shout for this one. 
Okay, correct scores. They usually come later in the show. They still will, but as it's the cup final, I want one extra from you each. So, James, it's very simple. The correct score, the correct outcome. What have you got for me for this Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory for Liverpool. This should be way too strong for a Chelsea side that, on occasion, have looked out of sorts recently. Although, Jurgen Klopp's men all have had a clean sheet in three, so the door is open for the Londoners to back a goal. Lovely. And, Jamie, the same for you. What correct score bet are you looking to place here? Yeah, well, over the last couple of weeks, I've definitely learned my lesson to come with a couple of options because um, I, I was going to go for two <laughs> on Liverpool as well. I, I, I really like the look of that. I just think that Liverpool, as I mentioned, they're just going to be too strong for Chelsea, I feel. Um, so I'm going to go for a 2 1 win. I still think uh, for Liverpool um, at fi- uh, 15 to 2, I just think that Liverpool, they will be too strong for this one, as I mentioned. And, uh, you know, they've got goals all over the place. I mean, Diaz. Um, I, th- I think it's a guy who probably will start on the weekend just because he's in such amazing form at the moment. As, as we mentioned, Sadio Mane as well. So lots of goals in that team. Uh, I do like the look of 3-1, but I think just a 2-1 Liverpool win is also a, a good shout at 15-2. Fantastic. Right, with that in mind, let's go bet building. And with it being the cup final, we may as well stay at Wembley. Liverpool, of course, playing Chelsea on Saturday afternoon. Let's look to construct our first bet builder of the season in terms of a winner. So, James, you may have hinted at your pick, but I would like an anytime goal scorer. Who is it going to be? Yeah, we should uh, probably rename this show the, the Sadio Mane. <laughs> he's, the, he's the format of the Reds, isn't he? He's got, he's got a goal already against Chelsea this season as well. 9-4 to four is a price that really is too good to turn down. Fantastic. And, Jamie, the goals for you, over, under, what have you got for me? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals this one. As I said, I think the, the Reds have got lots of goals in their team. Mane and, and Diaz, again, are the two guys that just are in great form at the moment. And, of course, you can't you can't discount Salah either. So, they've got lots of goals. I think for Chelsea, they're a side who maybe defensively, you know, a lot of questions have been asked of them. Liverpool as well, as I think as I mentioned just a bit earlier there. I think they're a side who have also shown a bit of frailties recently. And, of course, they've got, you know, they're going to have had a lot of minutes in their legs this season. So, I think that that might show a little bit in the cup final. So I can definitely see quite a lot of goals being scored in this one. So I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals. Lovely shout. Let's hope it's one for the mutual. And with that in mind, I am going to go for corners this week. And I'm going to opt for over eight corners. A little skinny, but I want a winner. And I think with the fact that Sadio Mane and over 2.5 goals has been picked beforehand, I don't want to let the team down. So I'm going to bring it down a notch, play it safe, over eight corners. Okay, then just to recap, we've got Sadio Mane, Anytime goal scorer, we've got over 2.5 total goals. We've also got over eight corners. That means all those combined is a juicy 9-2, £10 on, £55 in your pocket on cup final day. You can spend it on gin for the Eurovision Song Contest hours later. Fantastic. What a lovely bet builder that would be. And hopefully that's our first winner of the season. Okay, that's one important fixture taking place this weekend. Let's focus on another just before as the battle lines have certainly been drawn in North London. James, Arsenal have won each of the last four Premier League outings. What price could you give me on a fifth straight win and, more importantly, a return to Champions League football at the start of next season? Well, they're best price 12-5 to to win this one, but this is a big test for a young Arsenal side that isn't all too used to these kind of games. But I guess with Champions League fate well and truly in their hands, there's no better time to get accustomed to them and they've actually equipped themselves well in big games recently with wins against the likes of Chelsea, Manchester United and West Ham. But can they go to Spurs and win? I'm not totally sold on that. I think Conte will have Spurs really up for this and only a win will do for them, of course. But either way, I think we're in for a potential classic here, Dan. 
Well, Jamie, of course, you are firmly in the Tottenham camp for this one. You can get a touch over evens for a Spurs win on Thursday. Would you be bold enough to back this, or are you simply going to watch as a fan in the stadium? Uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because obviously, as you mentioned, I am definitely Tottenham biased for this one. But I, I do kind of fancy Spurs here. Um, I just think the fact that it's, you know, it's at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, I think North London derbies, they're kind of rarely lost on your home ground. I think Arsenal, they haven't won at Spurs since 2014. So it's been a, quite a while since they've won in Tottenham um, as well. This is the first North London derby at the new stadium in front of supporters. So I just think the fans are going to be bang up for this one. Um, I know there's lots of plans to create a fantastic atmosphere tomorrow at the stadium um, from a Spurs perspective. So I just think everything kind of points towards maybe Spurs getting the right result here. And and I, I just feel maybe you look at the two matches in, that have just been with Spurs producing a very good performance against Liverpool and probably unfortunate not to come away with, with all three points in Manfield. And then you look at um, Arsenal just about getting over the line against Leeds. So... I, I just think, you know, and as well, the animosity as well with Arsenal calling off this fixture earlier this year. And of course, just the stakes. I just think the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable tomorrow. And I think that will play a big part. And, and I do think I Spurs win for this one. Now, James, we spoke about Arsenal's potential lack of goals when Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang left for Barcelona in January. It's fair to say that Eddie Nketiah has picked up the slack and more. Would you be tempted by an anytime goal bet for him on Thursday? Uh, I wouldn't be quite in tempted territory. He does only have nine goals this season and four of those have come against League One sides in the Carabao Cup while another three came against soon-to-be championship side in Leeds United. I will mention his excellent double against Chelsea to offer at least some balance to that but I don't really think he's good enough for a new Arsenal contract to be honest. I think his run of goals is a little bit too little, too late kind of thing but for anyone who is interested you can back him at 5-2 to two to score any time on Thursday. And Jamie, much has been made of Hume Min Song reaching 20 Premier League goals. More importantly, no penalties, which is even more of an impressive record. Would you be tempted by a golden boot bet for the South Korean, especially with two easier fixtures to follow after Thursday night? Mm, yeah, well, for my FP, for FPL team, I was quite pleased with my decision to take out Salah this week for Sun. Um, of course, Sun got that goal at Anfield as well. And, and Salah kind of seems to have dropped out the team. We obviously saw him start on the bench against... Uh, you know, against Aston Villa yesterday. So that was maybe a big indication of kind of, you know, where Salah's form is at at the moment. But I, th I think it's certainly one worth considering. Of course, there's only two goals in it but, um, uh, at the moment. Um, and, and Salah as well, you know, as, as I mentioned, his form's just not been great. He's only got two goals in his last eight matches, whereas Son's got nine in his last seven. So I think form-wise, you've, you've definitely got to be looking at Son here for this one. Um, he's at nine to two to win the, the, the golden boot. So, for me, I'd, I, I do like the look of some maybe catching him. And, and you look at the fixtures as well. I think you can definitely see him scoring against Arsenal at the stadium, at the new stadium. He's, you know, he's been fantastic at home this season for Spurs' son. So I, I'm, I'm definitely backing him to get at least a couple more. And I, can, I think he'll catch him with, with, uh, with, with two goals in it. So uh, I, I like the look of Son at 9-2 to win the award. Yeah, I think it's a good price before Thursday night. If you're going to back it, back it now. Because if he does score against Arsenal, those odds will shorten. And then you're kind of losing a tiny bit of value there. So if you are confident, get it backed and hopefully get it one come the end of the season. Because I think it's leading that way. Players in form, in good momentum are always the ones to kind of keep a stronger eye on. And Salah, I don't know if it's the contract talks which are kind of playing on his mind. That might be a reason. Perhaps he's not the, the talisman as he was at Liverpool because they've got Luis Diaz to kind of lessen the burden on him. Which has helped Liverpool but not Salah. So I think, yeah, if you're looking golden boot direction, look to Sun. Right, that's the North London Derby. It's time for our Longshot Acker. Pick something between 2-1 to one and 5-1 to one for this weekend. 
Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, look, I've gone for maybe another slightly biased one, but it's, a, it's just a game that I, I really fancy a big upset in. I'm going to go for Newcastle to beat Arsenal on Monday evening um, at 7-2. to two. I think a lot more might kind of depend on what happens in the North London derby yeah. in this one. I think if Spurs are to really put the pressure on Arsenal and, and win that North London derby and it just come down to one point in it, going into this one on a Monday evening, I think that that's a lot of pressure for Arsenal to go to Newcastle um, and of course, you look at, uh, I think this will be Newcastle's last home game of the season as well. So, you know, they're going to be really up for it. They'll be wanting to finish the season strong. Of course, there'll be players in that team fighting for, you know, their places for next season. I just think Monday evening, St James's Park, kind of under the lights, I think that's going to be a really tough game for Arsenal. So I think Newcastle will be wanting to finish strong. And, and, if, that, and if Arsenal have lost that North London derby, there's going to be massive pressure on them. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for Newcastle to beat Arsenal. But... Uh, yeah, let's see with that one. It's a good shout. I think, as as you say, it's kind of it will only become a better shout after Thursday. If it is one point between the two North London teams, then it really sets up Monday nicely. There's always Kieran Trippier coming back for Newcastle. I'm sure he's got a little bit of Tottenham allegiance left. He might want to get the better of Arsenal and do his old team a favour. But yeah, let's see where we are. But if they do lose on Thursday, that's a very solid pick. James, what have you got for me in terms of a long shot? Yeah, I'm going to go for an Everton win over Brentford with both teams to score as well. You can get that at 3-1 to one with most of the bookies this weekend. Both sides come into this in good form, but the Toffees got a huge win at Leicester last weekend, and I think they'll kick on now. They've already beaten the Bees at Goodison Park this season in the FA Cup, and with the visitors scoring goals, I think this has the makings of a pretty decent game, but one that the hosts will just about nick. Fantastic. I'm going to go across the English Channel. I'm going to go to League uh, and I'm going to go rather big, bigger than the range. I'm going to go for, wait for it, Montpellier to beat PSG at 6-1. Now, probably thinking, why have you picked that? There is madness, yes, but there's also logic behind the madness. PSG, they've really taken their foot off the pedal. They've drawn their last three league matches. The title is theirs. Like, this game is irrelevant. Now, obviously, they've still got loads of quality. They are favourites to win, but why not throw the cat amongst the pigeons and just go for broke? So, with that in mind, I'm going to add Montpellier to beat PSG at 6-1 to our long shot acker. And hopefully, those three results get over the line and we get a big winner before the season ends. And, of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's go around the football world now and sniff out some more value across the course of the weekend. And first up, let's go to the wonderful world of the EFL. Back to the Championship now and the lottery of the playoffs. Friday night sees Luton play host to Huddersfield. James, what is the tale of the tape at Kenilworth Road? Well, I don't think there's a great deal between these two sides. It was a nil-nil draw at Kenilworth Road in October, followed by what was a pretty feisty 2-0 win for the Terriers at the John Smith Stadium back in April. But going a bit further back, we've only seen over 2.5 goals in one of the last nine meetings. We've had draws in three of the last four and only a couple of sides drew more than Huddersfield over the course of the regular season. I think this will be really tight over the course of two legs, actually. Very little to choose between them. I actually promised myself not to tip a 0-0 draw for once on an episode of the pod, but this one certainly tempted me and Odds of 8-13 to 13 for under 2.5 goals tells you exactly what the bookies think of this one. But I think one goal settles it and 2-1 to one for under 1.5 gets my vote here. Which way that goal goes, though, is anyone's guess. Well, that sounds a cagey affair. It was a cagey affair on Saturday, Jamie, as Luton just got over the playoff line after getting the better of Reading. And it was a rather questionable goal at the same time. Can we expect this game to be more open or would you back James's direction of a rather cagey affair? 
you know what? I, I really like the look of Huddersfield here. I just think looking at um, Hunters, uh, Luton Town on the weekend and their performance against Reading, they just look really shaking and quite nervous. And of course, as you mentioned, they were really fortunate to get that goal. It was kind of a real uh, freak goal that they scored. Um, their recent form as well has been pretty questionable. I think they've only got three wins in the last eight as well. Course, two of those, those uh, you know, two of the last three as well. Some of them lose seven nil to Fulham, and they also drew home to Blackpool as well. So, I think Luton's form, as I mentioned, it's been quite questionable. Whereas Huddersfield, um, we we did see them win two nil against Luton uh, last month as well. So they have got the better of them recently, um, and and the Terriers are undefeated in the last seven matches as well. So for me, I actually, I d- I'm definitely leaning towards Huddersfield for this one. That. Uh, 21 to 10. I think that that's a, a fairly decent shout. I just think the Huddersfield are uh, the, probably the better side in, in this one. And James, a day later, it sees Sheffield United play host to Nottingham Forest. Now, third place finishers always have to be wary of deflation in the playoffs. Can Stevie Cooper's men gain an early advantage at Bramble Lane? Well, Forest certainly missed a trick in failing to bag third place, and that would have been a much more favourable route to the playoff final. I think. They've got the toughest test out of the other three sides in Sheffield United and two one-all draws in their league meetings this season shows that these two sides are probably about as good as each other on their day. And even at Bramall Lane, it took a stoppage time equaliser for Forrest to get anything. So a trip back to the Steel City is going to be a tough one here once again. And the Blades come into this in great form after that hammering of champions Fulham. And as a Derby fan, I need absolutely no excuse to lay Forrest here. They have had a dip in results in the last 10 days or so. And I think they could struggle here. A home win is available here. It's a very tempting 11 to 8. And that'll probably go nicely in a double with Liverpool on Saturday afternoon. And Jamie, there have been under 2.5 goals in eight of Forest's last nine away games in the Championship, that being the regular season, of course. Is this something we're going to have to consider before Saturday's trip to Sheffield? Yeah, look, for this one, I certainly be, see this being a much closer affair than I mentioned in, in uh, between Luton and Huddersfield. Um, I think the, the first leg of this one's going to be pretty cagey. I think uh, Nottingham Forest will definitely kind of fancy coming away with maybe a draw for this one. So I think under 2.5 and uh, under 2.5 goals and a draw for this one at 13 to 5 is a fairly decent shout as well. But I just think in both games as well, I just think the order of the two matches is going to play a big part. I think playing home game second is, is going to be a big advantage for those two sides. And I actually think that Huddersfield and Nottingham will probably make it to the final. That's Those are probably the two strongest teams, in my opinion, um, from the playoffs. And, and that's what I think we'll see. I think we'll see Huddersfield and Nottingham go through. But as I mentioned, for this one in the first legs between Sheffield United and Nottingham Forest, I think a draw um, is probably a good shout for this one. I think it'll be a, a cagey affair. OK, then we already know the makeup of the League One final. So let's go to League Two. And James, by the same token of deflation, how will Northampton deal with such a bizarre end to their regular season? Can they pick themselves up before a trip to Mansfield? Yeah, I don't really know what more they could have done. The brief for Northampton would have been simply to beat Barrow. I don't think the prospect of such a huge goal swing even entered their minds. And rightly so, really. But it's just one of those freak results that they'll have to brush off and move on from quickly. And there's pressure on both these sides here. Though. Mansfield have been given promotion a real go in the past two or three years now. Nigel Clough is the latest man to be tasked with getting the Stags into the third tier. And he's been backed adequately as far as signings are concerned, so he knows what's at stake here as well. It was home wins to nil for both sides in their league encounters. And with Northampton surely still feeling low after the events of last week, and I just give Mansfield the edge here in the first leg. And I think they're worth a bet here, actually, at 23-20. to 20. That also means that Swindon play host to Port Vale on Sunday. And Jamie, what bets take your fancy before these two sides face off at the county ground? Yeah, look, I think um, Swindon, they, they finished the season pretty strongly, actually. They won four in a row uh, to finish up. That included a win 
um, over champions Forest Green Rovers as well. Um, they also got the better of Port Vale uh, back in January when the two sides last met. I think from a Port Vale perspective as well, they, they finished the season with three defeats in the last four. So, you know, not finishing in the best way. Um, but from a, a Swindon perspective, you know, there was they, they produced lots of goals in their in their last couple of games as well. I think six of their all, all six of their last games finished with over 2.5 goals. So I'm leaning towards a Swindon Town uh, Swindon Town win here and uh, and over 2.5 goals at 11 to four. Okay, then let's get our passports out. And first up, we're going to go to Germany. The final day of the Bundesliga season, RB Leipzig and Freiburg meet in the DFB Pokal final next weekend. But before that, James, which outfits will secure a Champions League invite for next season? Well, it was in Freiburg's hands as recently as last week, but disastrous home defeat to Union Berlin means they're now two points off RB Leipzig and with a far inferior goal difference as well. Only a win at Bayer Leverkusen will do, coupled with a Red Bull defeat away at Armenia Bielefeld. And unfortunately for Freiburg fans, I just can't see either of those coming in. Leverkusen sit third and have won three on the spin, while Leipzig face a Bielefeld side who are already relegated and have nothing to play for. So a perfect opportunity for the visitors to secure their place back in the big time. While Jamie at the bottom of the table, VFB Stuttgart have to get the better of Cologne to have any chance of avoiding a relegation playoff. Do you think this will be the case or will it be a seventh successive game without a win? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting close to the season in terms of who's going to get that uh, that relegation playoff spot. Uh, I think for Stuttgart, they've got an interesting fixture. They, they play host uh, FC Köln in, in their final game of the season. Uh, Köln are coming off the back of a defeat to, to Wolfsburg, who are in mid-table. So, you know, maybe they might not be in the best form. And, and you look at kind of, the, you know, what's at stake here. I just think being at home uh, and given the circumstances of what a win would be able to do for, for Stuttgart, I, I, I maybe like, I like the look of Stuttgart here. Um, plus the fact that Hertha Berlin... Uh, you know they've got they've got to go to Borussia Dortmund, so you know that's going to be a really tricky game. And uh, you know they, uh, Stuttgart they do have the the superior goal difference as well, so uh, a win for them and, and a defeat for Hertha Berlin would would uh, see them jump above them. So I think there's lots at stake in this one, and, and maybe there is a, a big incentive there for uh, for Stuttgart to get the win. So actually I, I do like the look of Stuttgart maybe getting the better of uh, FC Köln here and, and maybe avoiding that playoff uh, that relegation playoff spot. So. I think that that'll be an interesting one for Stuttgart. It's all eyes on the Bundesliga, but keep a spare eye or two for Serie A because James, AC Milan could win the title this weekend if results go their way. The question is, what value can you find me from their hosting of Atalanta on Saturday? Well, I reckon there's already half-decent value in them just to win the game outright here. They're 4-5 to five to do wow. so. Skeptics will say that this is a potentially dangerous Atalanta side with plenty of goals in them and... While that is true, they haven't had a great season. They do tend to get themselves in a bit of a muddle when they have big games. Although, that said, they are chasing Europa League football, so there is something riding on this one for them. But the defensive record is likely to trip them up. They're without a clean sheet in nine. And with Milan losing just one of the last 17 games, I think the Rossoneri win looks like good news here. And you can put it alongside both teams scoring to give yourself a nice little two-to-one double. Lovely stuff. And Jamie, Inter Milan, they play in the Coppa Italia final on Wednesday, but they also play Cagliari on Sunday. Now, they'll probably need to win to keep the title race alive. In their last five league outings, they have been over 2.5 goals. Do you fancy number six on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, they've been pretty emphatic scorers recently in Milan. They've got 19 goals in the last seven. So certainly a side who have been fantastic in, for, uh, you know, in front of goal this season or, or certainly recently as well. But as you mentioned, you know, that Coppa Italia final against Juventus on Wednesday evening, I think that that could play a big part and, uh, you know, maybe make it a, 
a tougher match for them, especially away at Cagliari as well. But they are a, Cagliari are a side who have struggled this season. I think they're you know they're almost mid table or near the bottom. Um, so I, I, I do see an Inter Milan win for this one. And uh, in terms of over two point five goals and, and an Inter win, I don't think there's much value in that. So I'm going to go for a two one Inter Milan win at eight to one. Lovely. I mean, if you look at Inter's week, it could be something that sets them up for the double. They might end the season with just one trophy. They might end the season with no trophies. It could go either way. In terms of momentum, sometimes a cup final win gives you a boost, but there's not really enough time to make use of that boost. So they are kind of relying on Milan to slip up. They probably need Atalanta to do them a favour at the weekend. It's going to be an interesting end to the Italian campaign. And I guess across Europe, there are still many stories to be solved. I think Spain's got a lovely relegation battle, which we can focus on next week. But before we move on, I'd like a correct score outside of the cup final from you both now. So this week, James, I shall start with you. What have you got for me? Yes, well, Aston Villa had their moments against Liverpool on Tuesday, didn't they? And on Saturday, they face a Crystal Palace side that they've beaten in three of the last four meetings, including both of the last couple of engagements at Villa Park. The Eagles do come into this in good form, though, so I do fancy goals. And a 2-1 Villa win is the selection here for me, and you can pick that up at 9-1. to it's a good price. And Jamie, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was a game we mentioned earlier, Sheffield United versus Nottingham Forest. I think this is going to be a close one. And and to be honest, I kind of I, I do like the look of Forest over the two legs here. I think that they, they are the stronger of the two teams. I think, you know, you look at their recent form as well, it's been fantastic. And they were just unfortunate to miss out on that automatic promotion spot. So I think over two legs, they'll do it. But I think in this one, as I mentioned, I think it's going to be a cagey affair. I think they'll also want to get back to the city ground with, with kind of a result and it ought to be playing for because I think at home, they are going to be a very strong side. So I'm going to go for a draw for this one and I'm going to go for one or five to one. Top picks from you both. I hope they are good for you. Of course, if you do win, congratulations. And of course, for you guys listening, check out freebets.com for all the best insights and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there are still some Premier League markets to pick apart. But first, we need to focus on the race for six between Manchester United and West Ham United. James, the Red Devils are currently 2-9 on to earn a Europa League invite next season. But with their form surely being as it is, is this a bet you want to steer clear of? Oh, absolutely. I think after that 4-0 drubbing from Brighton, you'd be mad to go anywhere near Manchester United from a betting perspective. And oddly enough, they're the only side with one game left in the Premier League this season. And that's still well over a week away, which in primary school terms means it's non-uniform day at the training ground. <laughs> and probably one or two days of bringing your favourite toys in, which... Considering the state of United, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. But no, I wouldn't be touching that too tonight at all. All it takes for the Red Devils to be pipped in the Europa League spot is for West Ham to win just one of the final couple of games and for Ralph Rangnick's men to lose at Palace on the final day, which you'd have to say is a genuine possibility. I quite like the mental image of Ralph Rangnick telling his squad that they can bring in Kaplunk for 50p. That's a great image. I hope that actually happens. But Jamie, when you look at West Ham, a sixth-place finish is in their hands. They're currently priced at 3-1 to one in the same market. Do you think they'll be able to pick Manchester United at the last or will they fall short? I think they should certainly fancy their chances for this one. I mean, you look at their last two matches, they do have maybe some two maybe tough games, but obviously they got the game at home to City, which I don't think it's an impossibility that they won't get a result from that one. I think, you know, they've got a lot to fight for, as we mentioned. They want to get into that top six spot. And of course, they'll want to put on a good performance for their supporters after what was a disappointing exit from the Europa League. So, you know, there's there's a lot to play for on that one. But I think as well, they'll look at that Brighton away match and think that that's a game where they certainly could get three points in. 
Um, and then they'll also look at Manchester United's fixture. They're just not a side, as we mentioned, they're just not a side you'd want to back at the moment. And you can certainly see, you know, last game of the season at Selhurst Park, Palace will be well up for that one. So I think there's a real chance that Manchester United could drop points in that one and, and drop all three in that game. So I think West Ham should certainly fancy their chances of, of finishing that top six, especially I, I just I think they'll get the three points against Brighton. And I don't think Manchester United will, will win at uh, Selhurst Park. So I can definitely see West Ham securing that sixth place spot. If that is the case, Eric Ted Hag is probably looking through his contract, looking for a break clause already, because I don't think taking a club into the Europa Conference League was his first task in mind. But I guess this is just the scale of Man United's decline. And, well, I think Ralph Ranick, as James rightly says, it has been end of term for quite a while now. And really, at 3-1, to I'll be back in West Ham for that sixth place finish. Now, talking of falling short, we may as well have another trip to the relegation market. This is before the handful of midweek action. So this is Wednesday afternoon we're recording. James, we spoke about Leeds being favourites for the drop. They're now evens. Is it looking all the more likely? I think so, yeah. They're quickly running out of time and picking up injuries and suspensions to key players at the exact wrong time. They played Chelsea in midweek, of course, before hosting Brighton, which on paper looks like a good fixture. The Seagulls don't have much to play for, but Graham Potter's men putting in some superb displays at the moment and delivering the best football of the season. Perhaps the most surprising thing about this fixture is that Leeds are favourites at odds of around 7-5, to five, but I'll be all over Brighton at 2-1 to one to win this one, and I might even add them to a double chance sacker at 8-13. to 13. Sound the klaxon. There we go. But then, Jamie, there's a toss of a coin, really, between Burnley and Leeds in terms of relegation. Depending on the bookie, it kind of varies, but let's say they're kind of roughly 10-11 to 11 or evens between the two. Does that mean that our good friends Everton have pulled themselves to safety now? Yeah, I think Everton will be looking at their next three matches and certainly even fancying themselves of getting all nine points from the, the next couple of games. They've got Watford away, Brentford at home and, and Palace at home. And of course, we mentioned, you know, for the last couple of weeks, how strong they can be at home at Goodison Park. So I, I think those are three fixtures where the, they could get three points in all of them. So I think that they definitely will be safe by the final day of the season. I just think that, you know, now and certainly the way their form's kind of turned up, of course, they're, you know, they've got that big win against Leicester as well. So confidence will kind of be up as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be between Burnley and Leeds now. And I think it will come down to the final day of the season between those two teams. For me, I think I'd just about give Burnley the edge to stay up at the moment. I just think Leeds, as we said, they've got so many injuries. They've got suspensions now. So, I just think it's, it's kind of leaning towards Leeds being that third side to, to face the drop. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think the injury to Stuart Dallas, the suspension to Luke Ayling, which when you look at those two incidents are kind of their own doing. And I think that's played a big part in Leeds' situation at the moment. Yes, they could win in midweek and make me look silly, but I just feel that Burnley and Everton have got a bit more in them. There's a bit more of an upward trajectory, shall we say, whereas Leeds seem to be agonisingly slowly going down the table. And I think eventually they will finish 18th. Now, of course, James, Watford, they're already relegated after their loss to Crystal Palace last weekend. Their search for a new manager will begin in earnest. But Roy Hodgson is currently 5-2 to two to be the next Premier League manager to leave his post. Now, do you think someone else will nip in before him? Or is this quite an easy way to make some money? Yeah, well, this market will be settled at kick-off on the final day of the season. So, your only real hope here is that Watford take an absolute battering from one of Everton or Leicester when they visit Vicarage Road. It's not completely beyond the realms of possibility, though. Watford fans weren't happy with Hodgson's reaction when they were relegated at Crystal Palace last week. And a couple more defeats could see them really turn on him, which would perhaps open the door for the Hornet hierarchy to get rid of him early to score some cheap PR points before the end of the season. Now, Jamie, in the same market, Southampton are having a rather bad end to the season. Obviously, they're not going to go down, but it's kind of just fizzled out again. 
Do you think Ralph Hasenhutl at 10 to 1 to be the next manager to depart is also worth some consideration? I, I do like the look of this one, actually. I think that you look at their recent form as well. It's been really, really poor. I mean, they've got one win in their last 13 and, 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 and 10 of those have been defeats as well. So they're a side of really, really dropped off. Um, of course, the interesting thing with Hasenhutl, he's always kind of been on, you know, there's been points throughout his reign at, at Southampton where he's always kind of been on the edge of maybe, you know, will he, will he get the sack? But he, he kind of seems to always kept his job but I think at this time you know the fact that they've dropped into 15th place I mean also in those 13 matches they've conceded 28 times as well so there are a side who you know really really struggling at the moment so I think his future at the moment is definitely going to be under consideration I think Jesse Marsh as well might be an interesting shout I think you know if they are to stay in the Premier League I think that you know he, he just doesn't seem to have been such a great fit for them um, so that's maybe a one to keep an eye on I think another one as well and, and not one that I like I like to talk about is Antonio Conte at 16 to 1 I think that that's maybe a, an interesting shout I think it'd be interesting to see kind of how Spurs look to back him in the summer of course he's a very demanding manager he's a manager who will walk away from most situations of course saw you know he walked away from his title winning into Milan side because they weren't willing to back him so it'd be interesting to see how how Tottenham kind of treat him in the summer um, but that's maybe one to keep an eye on in, in, in Conte leaving next Yeah I guess this market is kind of geared towards Roy Hodgson being the first candidate and then if we assume that he is the next person then these odds will differ slightly and I guess Ralph Hootel might be pushed further up the queue with that said James there is more of an outside punch shall we say and this could be Brendan Rodgers 33-1 to 1 at the moment so perhaps again not right now but if you're kind of thinking post Hodgson and the next manager, could he be worth some consideration as Leicester failed to make the Europa Conference League final? Maybe, but I think he'll be sticking around for the time being. I know that there's a bit of a consensus that Brendan Rodgers has taken Leicester as far as he can, but the Leicester board are probably wondering how far anyone else can take them at this moment in time. Rodgers has had to deal with injuries this season and his side could perhaps do with a bit of a refresh. I think he'll be backed in the market over the summer. There's also a lack of top-level jobs in the offing for him should he decide to jump ship. So I think that's one thirty-three to one bet that would definitely be swerving for now. Fair enough. I do think, though, that both Brendan Rodgers and Ralph Hasenhutl, if they are in charge at the start of next season, they'll be in that category of need a strong start because if they don't, I think the pressure will be even more than it is now. So I think it's kind of, kind of two to watch, shall we say. I wouldn't put your money on them just yet, but if we're having this conversation in August, September and they're still in charge, that's where your focus should be. Our focus is also on another market. It's the most assists. Jamie, Kevin De Bruyne, he's 3-1 to one at the time of recording to scoop this award. Do you reckon he can keep the likes of Jack Grealish and Bruno Fernandes at bay? Yeah, well, I, th I think this season, he's, you know, he's been a bit off it in terms of the assists. I think he's six off the top at the moment in, with, uh, from Salah. Um, but again, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the two Liverpool guys again in, in, in Trent and Salah maybe winning this, this one. Um, they're both at 20, 20 to 1, so quite, quite long odds for those two. And I just think that those are two players that, you know, they've been in fantastic form over the last two seasons. Trent, you know, been brilliant. I think he's second at the moment behind Salah. So they are the two that are leading the way this season as well. So I think they can quite easily go and do it again next season. I think Liverpool will be just as strong next season. Another interesting shout could be Harry Kane at 11-1 to 1 as well. I think especially if Antonio Conte was to stay at Spurs, I think he'll play a big part in, in Spurs' season next year. Um, and, and I think if Conte does stay, I think Spurs could have a, a very strong season. We saw Harry Kane, of course, win the award last season. We've seen how good he can be as a kind of a creative player. So I think that that will be an interesting one as well. But for me, Trent and Salah um, at 20-1, to 1, I think is a, a pretty nice shout. 
Jamie, I'll stay with you because Man City, as we know, have taken a rather huge stride towards this season's title. They've probably taken a bigger step to next year's as well because Erling Haaland is lurking just around the corner. He's already 3-1 to one to be the top scorer in the Premier League next season. Does this take your fancy? Mm. I know obviously a lot's been made of kind of maybe Man City really pulling away with signing a top striker like Haaland, but I don't think many players in world football at all are going to have such the impact that everyone's kind of talking about, you know, Man City running away with the title, the Champions League. I just don't see that. And I think it's going to be an interesting season for Haaland as well. I think he's an unbelievable player and certainly one of the best, you know, young strikers in the world. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how he comes into the Premier League and really adapts. I think he's got the attributes to do so. But look, we've seen, you know, Lukaku, of course, come over here and struggle, do really well in Serie A and, and other leagues. But, you know, maybe he hasn't quite done it in the Premier League. So I don't think it's quite clear cut as, as you know, he'll come in and City will dominate everything and, you know, he'll be the top scorer. Um, you know, I think I'm still looking elsewhere for maybe that golden boot next season. Again, Salah and Kane are the two definite leading candidates for me. But, yeah, I think three to one. I think that's probably a bit too short at the moment. I just think that it's going to be interesting to see how he comes in and, and adapts to the Premier League as well. So, as I said, I don't think it's quite clear cut with Harlan at the moment in terms of you know he'll dominate. But uh, it's it'll be an, it's very going to be very interesting to see how City are with with a, a proper striker now. I guess with City again, it's down to sort of goal spread, isn't it? That they don't put all their eggs in one basket. The, the likes of Sterling, Bernardo Silva. Grealish, they all chip in with at least seven, eight. So it might take the focus away from Haaland as a kind of beast of 30 goals plus. But with that in mind, James, why stop there? Because Alan Shearer and Andy Cole have the Premier League goals record in one season, that being 34. That came in a 42-game season. But you can get the Norwegian priced at 14-1 to to score 35 goals or more next season. Is this something that takes your fancy? Uh, Not particularly. They... Already hovered around 95 goals per season, Man City, without a striker. Can they really push the boat out much further than that? I think 35 goals is really pushing it for Haaland. Even 25 could be touch and go. And the bookies aren't overly sold either, as you're looking at around 2 to 5 for him to get 25 goals or fewer. I think he'll be a solid bet for 20 to 25, but there's so many different factors at play with Pep Guardiola's rotation policy. Haaland's had one or two injuries as well. So it's probably a market I'll be looking to avoid altogether. Right, let's go to our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an acker. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens, and see if we can get another winner over the line. I'll go first this week. It's slim pickings, admittedly, but I've found something. I've gone for Wolves at home to Norwich. Norwich have just given up after relegation. You saw that last Sunday when they were fumps at home to West Ham. So I reckon Wolves, obviously not known for goal-scoring prowess, but they'll have enough in the tank. I'm going to go for them at 4-9 to nine on to win at the weekend. And James, you're up next. What have you got for me? Yeah, well, the atmosphere at Vicarage Road is virgin on sour and Watford have lost the last 11 games at home. Next up for them are Leicester, who aren't in great form, but they have the weaponry to hurt Watford here. And 11-8, to eight, I think they're brilliant value to score all three points. Lovely stuff. And Jamie, last but not least, what have you got for me? Yeah, I've gone to La Liga and I'm going to go for Sevilla to beat Malaroca uh, at home 3-5. Three, uh, three, three to five. Um, I think Sevilla, they're in pretty decent form at the moment as well. And, and Malaroca coming to this one in the bottom three. So, you know, they're a side who certainly aren't, aren't in, in great form at the moment. They've also lost three of the last four as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Sevilla to beat Malaroca uh, at 3-5. to five. Solid shouts from you both. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the Freebets website. And now, I just need to thank my duo of top guests. 
James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Pleasure. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Thanks, Dan. All good. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.